Please listen carefully. <laughs> I want a hubba bubba right now. I, want I literally was chewing a hubba 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 hubba. I think it's like leftover from Halloween. Hubba bubba. I mean hubba bubba. I'm really going crazy now. <laughs> and on that note, let's get started. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. Guys, this is our last episode of the year. I think this is going live on the 22nd. We are rolling up into Christmas, or more importantly, my birthday. Very exciting. Um, Today's episode is all about the best TV shows of 2020. There was so much TV this year. It took over pretty much everything. We'll do a little wrap up at the end of the absolute worst of 2020 in terms of TV as well. But also just like, thank you guys so much for listening to this. Our little December wrap up of the best of the year for how weird this year was. It was good to just sort of end it this way. We'll be on a little break next week, so there won't be an episode on the 29th, but you'll see us again bright and early in January, where, spoiler alert, we're going to plan a Bridgerton review, because that's my plans for Christmas Day. Same. Same. I I bought some stuff to uh, have, like, a really nice brunch with my mom. She's going to come over. It's just me and her. She's going to stay over on the 24th. Here on the 25th, I bought some stuff to make, like, a Dutch pancake and have, like, a whole brunch spread and start Bridgerton bright and early on Christmas morning. It's going to be so – I have plans because my family – I told them. I said, listen, I have plans Christmas. You have to deal with it yourself. And they were – that was an unacceptable thing to say. So I was like, well, fine. At 8 p.m., I'm going to leave you with a cheese board. That I for myself a personal cheese board and a bottle of wine again for myself. I don't want anyone coming into my room and talking to me because I have plans and I'm gonna light a candle. I'm gonna snuggle up. It's gonna be great. You're really setting the mood. I'm setting um, and like it, guys. If it's bad, knock on wood. Stephanie is gonna be pissed. It looks like it's gonna be good. Yes, she does a good season one. Yeah, this one will be good. If there are more seasons, who's to say? It's an entire grab bag of what could happen there. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it too. I feel like I'm going to have to get up early to watch it though. What time does it drop? Probably 3 a.m. because, you know, L.A. time or something. Sometimes their Christmas releases can be a little bit later than than 3 a.m. Because it's midnight L.A. time. That's some kind of BS. Yeah, because I, I mean, I don't know if that'll happen this time. I don't know if that's a regular thing, but I think it was last year they released something on the 25th and your girl happened to be up and I was like, well, you know, same thing that I did with Umbrella Academy. Why don't I just start it now? Um, and it wasn't available for a while. Oh, uh, brutal. So I like that all of our plans are to watch Bridgerton on the 25th. I love Steph's plan. It sounds very cozy. I love I a know. personal cheese board. You're inspiring me. Should I be like making brunch while I watch? Is that what I'm going to do? Whatever floats your boat. I literally planned my whole Christmas day with my mother around the show because I think she'll like it. And also I know we can get through the whole show. I think so she'll we'll like start it. it. I think so. I like that you say that like you know her that well. <laughs> I'm like, based on what I know, I think so. <laughs> based on her Fifty Shades preferences. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think she'll enjoy it. And I feel like we'll start the day off again with the Dutch pancake throughout the day, somewhere around episode four or five, a cheese board is making its presence known. Uh, and then I have like a nice Christmas dinner planned for once we finish Brid- Bridgerton. So it should be nice. 
I don't know what I'm if I'm having Christmas. Like the, our family is undecided at this point. So it'll be an it's been an interesting year. It'll be an interesting Christmas to follow up a very interesting year with a lot of very interesting TV. So going into it, Stephanie, what was your best show this year? I already feel the pressure in my bones. <laughs> That's for some reason. I mean, there's a lot of honorable mentions I want to get out of the way first. Because this year, I've watched more TV in my entire life than I have since I was 16, let's say. Um, honorable mention, The Queen's Gambit. Didn't know chess could be so sexy. Didn't know I look. Didn't know intense eye contact while moving a chess piece could make you feel hot and bothered. Sandington, the Jane Austen unreleased uh, novel. That was a good series. Only one season with Theo James, who does a lot for me on a personal level. (laughs) Then we have The Vow, which is about the Nexium pyramid scheme executive what is it called executive success program that was a really good documentary i blew through it i'm so mad that i started it without waiting for all the seasons but the most important part of this year is i discovered k-dramas i don't know why it took me so long delighted for you it was a mistake on my part because i've missed out on so much the first K-drama that got me into it was Romance is a Bonus Book. Then I followed it up with Crash Landing on You, which, to be honest, I could talk about that one as well. Because the man in that one, ooh, beautiful. But I'm going to talk about The King Eternal Monarch, which is on, which was on Netflix. Yay. This was the one that I was like, oh my god, I'm obsessed. I need to know what happens next. And I started it again without waiting for all the episodes. Because K-drama series are 16 full hour, maybe an hour and 10 minute episodes it's such a time commitment and yes you have to read every subtitle so you can't even scroll on instagram if you do you have to pause it and replay and rewind to know what you have missed but the king eternal monarch is a romantic fantasy series about oh should i read this one Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it out because it's too complicated. Set in a fictional modern day kingdom called Korea with a C, C O R E A, the series follows Lee Gon, the son of the previous king who was assassinated by his half brother following a coup. Twenty twenty years later, after being saved by a mis- mysterious person during the coup, now Emperor Lee Gon crosses a magical barrier and sets foot into an alternate reality where instead of his kingdom, the Republic of Korea exists. There he meets the feisty police detective, Taeul, I don't know how to say her name, apologies, and they team up to help close the door between worlds. So it has everything you want. Parallel universe, how an alternate reality, where your life could have gone, doppelgangers, your second self in another parallel universe, romance at the heart, and a monarchy you know I love. Also somewhat has time travel. Time travel, correct. I love, I love it. This is me in my second life because of XYZ choice. Like, I love that kind of, kind of stuff. The man is beautiful. And listen, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn romance. You're going to have to put in the time and effort. So when they touch hands, you're like, oh my God, they touched hands. I'm moved on an emotional level that I didn't think I could. I'm squealing like a loser while watching this being like, oh my God. 
Korean dramas really Korean dramas really create a sense of patience in you because you have to really anticipate all that build up because that's what they that's what they are, thrive on that's their success if they have an indirect kiss which is like when they share a, like a bottle of water or some shit guys also they really they really know how to utilize a slow mo like n- not every show can do it to the extent yeah. that you, you have a fight scene in slow mo excellent you then you have that same scene from three different angles in slow-mo you're like okay sure why not you you see the same scene twice one in one episode then they recap it for you in case you forgot and then add in lines though that weren't in there in the first (laughs) so you have to actually watch it i'm sorry i still don't believe that that's true like you've said that before and i still think it's just one person translated the previous episode and someone translated a whole scene in in between that was not there you'll watch a scene and then they'll they'll make you see it from another person another character's perspective so you're getting the back background of how that person got to that particular spot (laughs) in the world and you're like literally every korean drama does this and i've been watching a lot lately and they really all do it (laughs) Their skin is flawless. Their coats mm-hmm. magnetic. Literally, the, the coat game in Korea. What is happening there? Do they have a monopoly on coats? They they know how to fucking have a coat blowing in the breeze as they walk by. Billowing. I am jealous eighty five percent of the time, and of their skincare. I need it right now. I need someone. I need to go there and be like, fix me. I am broken <laughs> mentally and and skin wise um yeah it's also like i i find with the king um it's a little bit unusual for a normal k-drama it's not very like straight fictiony it's very like it does focus specifically the king focuses more on the sci-fi elements for sure whereas like other ones will have sci-fi elements in it but it's primarily a romance versus this one shows you how the world works they actually take you through like the time gate travel all of that and then it also shows you like different worlds which i love that stuff. so fun it was so fun i loved every moment of that and i would like to say that this was filmed during covid like i think they started filming they had to stop because of covid yeah and then they had to film afterwards which i personally think why it wasn't as good because they couldn't do things that they probably planned or they didn't have enough time to have it ready to be set out but you know they did the best and i appreciated it and it was good you have i have to say yeah i have i don't have a question i have a comment <laughs> okay uh I feel like this is Steph's brand even outside of quarantine, but I do feel like you're getting a real sense for Steph, like, needing human contact (laughs) with, like, the biggest things for her this year were, like, again, the hand flex in Pride and Prejudice. That's an old classic. (laughs) The eye contact and the chest moving pieces in uh, Chess Gambit, in uh, Queen's Gambit, even though one of the people playing chess looks like a 12-year-old boy, even though he's a 30-year-old man. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> like there, there is a lot, and then now crash landing, I um or the king. I feel like there's a lot of just like general tension, tension and soft touches, and you're like, I'm I'm on fire, I'm ready to go. I think it like goes back to like my, I was awoken by Sailor Moon and like tuxedo mask and like that kind of relationship. Like that's really the foundations of what I thought a romance was. They got a love hate situation, then he kind of like saves her a bit. So that it's just. It's just based on that. And I've just come full circle and now I'm started 
K-dramas and I want to go to South Korea immediately because the thing about K-dramas is that they love to show you the food that they eat and it all looks great and I'm hungry all the time. (sighs) It was a lot. But yeah, K-dramas, the gift to the world, they're all on Netflix. Not all on Netflix, but a good majority of them. Some good ones are, but there are better ones out there. Get that Vicky app. What is it, like $3 a month? <laughs> All these apps. I believe it's five. Yeah. Do they up it now? Damn, okay. <laughs> but yeah, get the get it, get on it. Crash Landing on You, also good. That one is wild in other ways, <laughs> but I'm not getting into it. <laughs> um, yes, I'm done. That's it. That was my 2020. <laughs> That's it. Nat, do you want to? Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What a segue. Um, So 2020, y'all, what a mess for my TV watching. I, while I watch a lot of TV normally, 2020 really screwed it up for me. I'm going to be honest. I feel like I started and stopped so many shows. Like, I either forgot about them or I fully binge watched a whole ass show and then didn't finish the last episode for some reason. This is almost like 90% of the shows I watched this year. So when I was looking for a show, I was like, I didn't even finish this one and I finished most of it. And I like I had so much trouble trying to find a show that I fully watched. I And there's like, they're good shows. Some of them are so good. As if I had better things to do, whatever. You know what? We're going to talk about a show that's a little bit older. <laughs> But I watched it this year because, shout out to Read with Cindy, <laughs> again, once again, a, a a gift to us all, really. Um, she mentioned this show on one of her episodes, I think she was cooking at the time, or so, it was something ridiculous. But she mentioned the show, and I was like, I swear, when she was talking about the show, I swear when I first saw commercials for the show when it was first on in like 2008 or whatever... I thought it was about lawyers for some reason. And so, like, I was like, there's no way I'm watching this show. It looks boring as hell. And then she talks about how, no, no, this show is about many, many heists. And this show is called Leverage. Hello, audience. This is Christina, editing Christina, okay, taking a a little bit of inspiration from the very many YouTube videos I've seen where the editor loves to stop for a second and jump into the middle of the episode. And I've decided I have literally stopped editing in the middle of this episode to let you know that for the next, like, I don't even know how long, for the next, like, three minutes that Nat is talking, however long until she sort of finishes her rundown and I get a chance to jump in, I am absolutely fuming for a reason you will later find out. But I needed to stop and tell you so that you could listen to the rest of what she said, in addition to what she just said right now, knowing what I'm going to say to her once she is done. I sat there while I recorded this podcast episode, absolutely losing my mind. And I thought you might want to know that as well. So please enjoy that visual. Uh, I hopefully will not step into this episode again, and this probably won't become a regular thing. But right now, in this moment, I just had to jump in and I had to say something. Uh, Thanks so much. I'll, you'll see me in a, just a few seconds with the regular episode. Ugh. First aired on TNT 2008 to 2012. Five seasons of brilliance. Pure brilliance. I have never felt so much joy than I had in those two months that I binge watched this show this summer. It's the first time I felt. <laughs> I went through so many emotional journeys. Um, 
Like I like even when I wasn't spending every waking moment watching this show and like rewatching a couple episodes, by the way, like I did go back and rewatch ones that I absolutely loved. I was reading up on the 13 episode revival that they're doing through IMTV TV. I was like, what's the deal? Who's starring in it? What's happening with Hardison? Because obviously my favorite character has to be there and I need to know everything about it. I've never heard of the show. Okay, let me just explain the show. It, this show is like if you took a show like Psych and said, let's just make it about Pierre Despero and his friends in the thieving world. And like, they're all kind of like Robin Hood. That's basically what is it? That, that's what it is. It's Robin Hood and his merry men of con artists in the scamming world. Um, and the very basic plot to like all that, all of it is basically there's like a five person team of confidence artists, con artists, AKA there's the leader who's a former insurance fraud agent or something whose son died unnecessarily. And so he's bent on revenge. There's the thief who has a love of dangerous situations and she's a little bit emotionless. Definitely relate. Um, there's a retrieval specialist is what he's called, who has very questionable relationships with the government and is also, I guess, the muscle. There's the grifter who's excellent at acting when she's not on stage. <laughs> and of course, the most beautiful, cuddly actor who has ever graced us, Hardison. <laughs> Love him. Um, And like each episode, basically Nate, their leader, who's the insurance agent dude, picks a case from a everyday person who's been wronged by a greedy corporation or some rich dude or whatever. And they all plan an elaborate heist to not only get revenge, but actually give back the stolen, what, what was stolen from those who were wronged. So it could be money. It could be like, uh, like secret plans for something. It could be like a, what is it called? When you create something, a patent. Yeah. It could be a patent. So it's, it's, they're like very elaborate heists and like each, I'm not going to lie, each episode of the heists tend to get a bit more elaborate every single time. They don't need to be. That's not really why you're there, even though the heist thing is a great backdrop, <laughs> but they just do get like a lot more complicated <laughs> unnecessarily, but it's fun. It makes it really funny. Um, but what's really great about the show is it doesn't take itself seriously much like Psych. <laughs> Where, like, a lot of it could be, like, a reference to something, like, from a movie or from the 80s or something. Or it just does not take anything seriously. And it's just having fun. And it's also surprising for, like, an early, well, I guess, like, late 2000s show to be something that's, like, it's kind of, like, this is credit to Wendy here. It's kind of accidentally left. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's very, like socialist stuff happening in there where it's like yeah we're we're taking from the rich we're taking from the corrupt and we're righting all the wrongs in a very capitalist oriented world while still having characters that are kind of for that at the same time it's really bizarre i have a couple of thoughts mm -hmm. uh i have my first thought of i can't believe that you pick something that would bring me so much joy because i love leverage <laughs> And then you would make me so enraged in your choice of it because you pick. I was so happy you watched it earlier this year. And when you first initially started watching it, I actually didn't realize it was the first time that you had watched it. Like the way you were talking, I think some things you said, I thought that you had seen episodes before. So we're going through it. We're talking about it. And now you're sitting here and read what Cindy deserves a lot of credit. She does. Glad she mm -hmm. talked about it. Glad she mm -hmm. liked it, especially because you watch it. But the audacity to act as though I have never talked about leverage before I have not told you to watch Leverage. 
when I myself rewatched Leverage not that long ago, when I have not said to you, oh, I think you'd really like Leverage, it's a lot like Psych. <laughs> the app, the audacity. I cannot even remember you saying it like that. I like, it did not click with I've me. I've never heard of like, the show before, so like, I see, never like, in my presence. <laughs> It's just to like, be fair, I can't fully remember if I've talked about leverage with Steph before. It probably has happened if we've all been together. But you specifically, I have had conversations with leverage is like psych because they do the thing where each episode is like a trope. And then they play off of that and it makes it great. It truly does. And I am so sorry I didn't watch it before. I I like I honestly was like, nah. <laughs> and then it just didn't click. But this was like the perfect I think COVID provided the perfect environment for me to be like, what is this five season thing? I'm gonna have to watch like a so hundred episodes of something. And I was like, Yeah, this is the perfect time to do it. And I freaking did it. Um God, I could rewatch the show like early 2021. Mm-hmm. I'll probably rewatch it. Like, I think it's just like the only thing that's actually brought me joy in so long. Like, I could read a ton of books. None of them has gotten me emotional the way the, the, the string of emotions I feel in one episode. It can go from like, oh my God, this is so hilarious to like, oh my God, Spencer, tell me about your broken life. I think there's something really great about a show that one and like knew it was going to end and had a good ending. It's one of those shows where you get to that ending and then you just immediately want to start watching the beginning again. Like yeah. you're not ready to leave them. I want to go on this journey with you one more time because it was so satisfying. Yeah. It's also, it's got like, a good recurring set of jokes that it uses too, which I absolutely love in any show. But one of my favorites, of course, is Spencer will take one look at somebody. Um, he's like the muscle or the retrieval specialist. Um, he'll take one look at somebody or like hear one sentence out of their mouth and is immediately able to list everything about that person. And everybody's always like, how could you know that from that one look? And he's like, it's a very distinctive blank. So it'll be like, he has a very distinctive watch or he has a very distinctive pair of shoes. And you're like, what even are you talking about? Love it. It's so so good hardison he's my absolute favorite in the show like i can't even like say a particular one thing about him that i like it's just all of him he's such a good he was like very much a blueprint for like the nerd mm-hmm. in a in a show but as the nerd started to become a cooler person like i think pre-leverage not that leverage specifically did this uh, but somebody, but like shows like that kind of did where the nerd was always very much like the basement dweller and like you still love them. They were lovable, but that was their vibe in the hardest in post world. The nerd is like, it's the age. He says it all the time. It's the age of the nerd, baby. <laughs> I love it. He's so cute. His like little like his like little enemy relationship with Will Wheaton. Oh, love it. It's like, God, the dynamics of the show. So good. it was so much so that I was missing the show almost immediately after I watched it, like in like the last two months that I haven't been watching it because I literally just watched it. I was like, well, what do I watch now that can replace that? I literally picked up this like Netflix original anime that's called The Great Pretender, which is also about con artists that are stealing from the rich. And I was like, oh, it's like leverage, but anime. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. It's actually quite good, but it's still not leverage. So I'm just like, should I just watch leverage again? Is that what I'm doing? <laughs> This was one of those shows where, like, when it was on, not a lot of people were watching it. It was just on mm-hmm. a channel that it was a lot for the channel. So it still got a good number of seasons, but everyone was just like devastated when it ended. So I'm glad it, it's another thing where it's like, on the one hand, some things need to die, 
But also Leverage is a really great show to put pull back for just like even just a season. Yeah, like I think Leverage, much like Psych, would do better with this revival. Like Psych, obviously movies, whatever, works for it. It has been working. And then Leverage, I do. I'm excited for that 13, especially since they've retired the the main dude, Nate. I'm, I'm glad he's kind of out of it because if anybody was my least favorite, it was him. <laughs> Yeah. Nate, I, this one, again, I think it was really satisfying. They really, it's just nice to be able to watch a show that ends. Like, there's just so few shows now that actually do. It's really disappointing. So it was nice to see, like, Nate's character is done. He had his growth, and then he has his successor. And I cannot wait to watch him be the lead of the team. I actually, I made a rating for this one, too, guys, and I'm going to say wow. 10 fake FBI friends out of 10 Will Wheatons. <laughs> oh love it okay christina what's your favorite not that we need to stop talking about leverage because leverage should ultimately be the best of we could do a whole episode of leverage like just talking about a bunch of different episodes it's a great show um there's a romance there's two romances steph two great romances um that's all i care about (laughs) yeah we got you covered this one was hard because one, I, there's so much TV came out this year and I do watch a fucking ton, but this year has been a fever dream. So I couldn't even think of a lot of shows. Uh, so I was really struggling. Hands down, the absolute best show for me this year was the second season of Umbrella Academy. Just in terms of things that actually came out this year, unmatched, but we did a whole episode on it. So I'm not going to go into it again, but mm, I loved it. The fact that I got somebody to watch the Umbrella Academy because I talked about it what a joy it's the energy i want in my life and there were some good seasons of shows that came out this year like insecure season four was really good the finale of the good place but i wanted to pick something that sort of started and came out this year if it couldn't be umbrella academy and so and i realized i kind of forgot about the show even though it was so excellent it's the great the amazon prime original with Elle fanning and nicholas holt it is about, it's a satire sort of comedy about the rise of Catherine the Great from her being an outsider from Germany, uh, going into Russia to marry, um, Peter the Third to becoming the longest reigning female ruler in Russia's entire history. It's a very fictionalized, like aggressively fictionalized. I think that one of the ways they even intro the show is like, this is a, this is a loosely based, non-realistic version of events we like to think happened, but probably didn't. Like they really give you that out of like, we're not trying to retell history here. We're trying to just tell something in a funner and more interesting way. And oof, that was good. I had not a lot of expectations for that show outside of the fact that Nicholas Holt was in it and he's great in everything that he's in. And then I watched like the first episode and I was like, I am so into this. The The comedy is very dry and very ridiculous. Nicholas Holt, only a few people could pull off being so incredibly unlikable, but you're just like, the tiniest bit charmed in a way that you're like, fuck, I'm mad. I don't want to, I don't want to like you even the littlest bit, but you're Nicholas Holt. So I like you playing this horrible character who's actually the worst. That reminds me of Skins. His character mm-hmm. in Skins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Elle Fan, like I, Elle Fanning's great. I have no qualms with her, but she's also not one of my favorites. This yeah. is for me is her best role. She came alive in this role. She probably should be doing more comedies. I feel like she tends to do a lot of dramas. Yeah. And the plot, for anybody who doesn't know, the plot of the first season is she goes to Russia, she marries Peter III, and then she plans to kill him so she can take over. Oh, love So it's that. her going from, like, a young, innocent, thinking that she's going to fall in love with the person she's about to marry kind of girl. Very, like, classic 
very classic historical fictiony vibes to her realizing he's the absolute fucking worst and being like, mm, but what if I ruled Russia and you were dead? And then she she plots and it's like a whole ordeal. And the end of the season one was a wild ride. I didn't know where they were going with that ending. And so I was very surprised. It was it was good. If it's on my list. It's all on my list. Will I ever get to anything? That one is a very quick watch. It is our episodes, but it does not have many episodes. Oh. It's 10. It's not a lot. I know for you that's a bit much, but it's not that much. <laughs> What do you mean? I just finished Vampire Diaries. It's 22 episodes. There you go. That's a whole day's worth of TV. This is just half a day. It's true. It's very true. It's it's really good. Similar to uh, Personal History of David Copperfield, it kind of tried to do a little bit of blind casting where there are characters of color who are, for the most part, main characters. Like, one of the sort of right hands of uh, the Emperor is... Um, I, oh, I wish I could remember his name, but he's a brown man. The generic, like, cast of people are people from different backgrounds. It's not as good as personal history. Um, it's certainly still an aggressive amount of white faces, for sure. But at least it's something where it didn't feel like the whitest show, you know? Um, so that was that was kind of nice, especially because, again, some of those characters are, like, pivotal characters. The right-hand man of um, Peter ends up going against him and being for Catherine. So he's a very pivotal character. And so it was nice to see him throughout the show. It was just very unexpected. I it, I think it's probably one of the best Amazon Prime shows out there. I'm intrigued. I got Amazon Prime after it came out, so it wasn't top dollar billing. I will say because it came out in May, I felt like I could still feel joy in mm, things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, certainly since May the ability to feel joy has gone down. I watched Queen's Gambit. I It's one of those ones where, like, I could recognize that it was enjoyable, but I wasn't having a great time. Like, I just feel like a little bit TV has been hard for me this year, which is such a shame because I love it so much. I've been watching... Instead, I've been watching a lot of YouTube and re-watching some old mm. TV. So happy you join YouTube <laughs> more so than you ever have. Yeah, yeah. Props to Steph. This is really the year of makeup YouTube for her recommendations. Uh, because of D'Angelo Wallace, this was the year of commentary about things that I don't really care about, but I'm desperate to know. Ugh. And that's just what's happening now. I just watched a ton of YouTube videos mm. and I rewatch old shows. When you guys would say, I don't know how you don't watch any movies TV. I'm like, yeah, you know why? Because I watch four hours of YouTube a day. <laughs> <laughs> that's where my time went i will say and that's correct but also i'm still getting through quite a bit of TV. but that's you right i'm also reading on the side <laughs> that's true that's true also like i was looking at because i was trying to do research for worst shows of 2020 um have you noticed there's been a lot of space shows this year like a lot like what are yeah. people doing why are people talking about space right now they're into the it deal. this is our segue into our worst <laughs> I think I think it is. Uh, as a reminder, the best, The Great from Amazon Prime. You can watch that now. Leverage. You cannot really watch it anywhere in Canada. I'm sure it's available on Prime. I think season one might be available for free. The rest, questionable sources. My pick is The King Eternal Monarch, now available on Netflix worldwide. Okay, I'm going to go into my worst pick because I'm furious about it. Uh, My worst pick, (laughs) this show is the one I hate watched the whole thing. So, like, I'll get to like a point like, was it terrible? Was it good? Unclear. Was I mad Mm -hmm. all the time? 
Yes. And it's Emily in Paris or, which we later learned, Emily in Paris. Uh, Go no, fuck Amelie up. in Paris. Either or. Heinous. Hain it. Will I watch the next season? Probably just to see if they fulfill the threesome, thruple. They're not going to. It's never going to happen. They are weak. Weak. And you know what? Who didn't hate watch this show, though? Who didn't? And, like, <laughs> didn't take long. You're done in, it was, like, 30 minutes. You're done in a day. Yeah. Furious. We're all we're all gonna watch season two though. It's gonna happen. The way I you know what I don't know that I will because I what <laughs> I find very funny about the show is I've never seen such a very popular in terms of being watched and talked about show with people being actively angry it was renewed for a second season. <laughs> but I agree one hundred percent. I watched it. I was like, for this moment in time, this was a watch that like took up some brain space it was great but this god this show was terrible and then they're like we're making a season two and i'm like excuse me what why would you make a season two of this like what so that's i don't know that i can allow us watching season two of this and you know what shanice i'm gonna give the shout out to you how can i watch a season two of amelie in paris if i can't watch a season two of the society you don't get to make one and not the other. I'm That's sorry. Absolutely not. Reasoning. We know Netflix always makes questionable decisions. This was not a surprise. We yeah, all knew it was but this one is a bit like, God, this is a get. This show should have come out in 2008. <sighs> Truly. Like, just the fashion alone. What? Is it even fashion? No, it's not. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> There's just those things where it's like, when somebody is writing a show about something and you know about it, watching them get little things wrong is so annoying even though would a show about real life marketing actually be that interesting no it wouldn't (laughs) it's not that interesting of a topic i say as somebody who is in marketing but Mm -hmm. it was so like to watch this boomer talk about social media was so fucking rough and you have people on the show who are young enough to tell you that what you're talking about makes no sense like just (laughs) confer with someone do you remember when she went from like a hundred followers to like like the 500,000 in the period of a week for 2012 Instagram pics. No one, no one cares. Literally no one. Have you been on Instagram once? Yeah. Like, Oh, she's the only one posting basic white girl pictures in Paris. No white girl has ever gone to France to take a picture of a croissant. They're saying, they're telling me that no, they don't know about the production of a fucking Instagram photo is lights, camera, action, makeup, photoshop like you're telling me no one was like that seems weird why did we let that go like infuriating i'm infuriated i'm mad i'm mad for you i'm mad for me i'm mad for everyone who watched this to be honest (laughs) okay that's it that's all it deserves time wise (laughs) nat what was your worst i mean that time was longer than the whole season so my worst this is hard because like i had to choose something that i actually watched all the way through and still kind of hated because mostly when I start shows that I do not like I will stop at the first episode I don't care there's no convincing me after that it's done you have one chance that's it it's over goodbye but this show (laughs) I hate loved it cursed season one what a show (laughs) it's if you don't know it's the show about um gone it's like like witcher for teens no (laughs) it's like yeah it's basically witcher for teens but it's based on like camelot so it's is she no she's not merlin she's the she who is she more morgana morgana (laughs) 
She is Morgana, right? Oh my god, guys. I can't even remember. It's so good. It, isn't it a secret who she is? Isn't that the spoiler that like at the end they reveal who all the characters are? No, it's the other characters. You know who she is. Okay. Because <laughs> she uses her real. She oh yeah, she's the lady in the lake. That's what it is. <laughs> right? Guys, don't worry about it. We're here. We're having a great time. <laughs> I just want to nap after this now. Um, this show is completely bizarre. It's very teen, teen, teen style type of show, and that makes it kind of shitty. But it's also, I think, slightly blind casted as well. So it is quite a diverse show for what it is. Um, and like that was part of the reason why I started watching it because I think Arthur in this is black. Even Guinevere is black in this as well. And they're also related in this. <laughs> Very bizarre. No, wait, Gwen- not Guinevere. Wait, what? Who's they... sister? Because they, they end up together. No, Other sister's no. Morgana. Shh, false. Yes, it's Morgana. <laughs> She's not Morgana. She's the lady of the lake. Morgana is somebody else. Don't worry about it. I was gone for five minutes. What the fuck happened to you in that time? My mind has gone. We've lost whatever. our minds. That's it's, what's happened. Here's the thing. I don't recommend the show to anyone. <laughs> uh, except us, which you told us to watch it so you could talk about it. Yes, I do want to discuss the show. So, like, I don't recommend it to anyone. But if you want to discuss it with me, I'm open to it. Please, please watch it. I will watch the second season. Will I also hate it? Probably. But guess what? Then we're going to talk about Guinevere. I'm in here for this. There is some potential female-female relationships happening I want to watch it again. <laughs> Even though it's terrible, I would not recommend it. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Christina, what was your worst show? Oh, we're just done? Okay. So there's a lot of garbage that came out this year. I'm not going to lie. And I have, I'm a bit tied with two choices. So I'll briefly talk about one and then I'll go into hard with the other one. But the two choices where I'm like, these are two contenders for literally garbage shows of the year are I Know This Much Is True with Mark Ruffalo and a bunch of other people. Because Mark Ruffalo plays two people. He plays twins. Uh, <laughs> and Space Force, the Steve Carell uh, life-imitating art-imitating-life thing. Um, so I Know This Much Is True. I'm going to hand wave over this. I feel like I Know This Much Is True. There was no potential because the book it's based off of also sounds like utter bullshit. Uh, it doesn't matter what it's about. Don't watch it. Mark Ruffalo plays twins. It's so weird. And I just wanted to bring it up because I just feel like as a society, we need to talk about how Mark Ruffalo is burning through all of his good capital. He's burning through it with this hot mess. And then him also sticking up for Chris Pratt on Twitter. What are you doing, Mark Ruffalo? Like, you're already a white man. You only had so much goodwill for your work in environmentalism to begin with. And you are really burning that to the ground, guy. What a hill to die on. And for a worth, the worst, worst, worst man. So that's, I know this much is true. I would say, don't even watch it. If you're chilling and you're on Crave and you see it pop up because it's an HBO show and you go, hmm, who's that with Mark Ruffalo? What is this? Uh, Don't. Don't watch it. It's just Mark Ruffalo twice. It's not worth it. The, I got to give it to the actual worst show, though is Space Force. And I'm saying Space Force because Space Force had potential. It was a, it was one of those things where it was kind of like trying to be a satire, but it just ends up being kind of like a shitty parody um, of the, not quite the office, but Steve Carell is a general in the army and he wants to take over for like the Department of 
security or whatever. Like he's supposed to take over next for that person. And the president who is heavily implied to be Trump says, no, no, we're going to create a new thing. It's going to be called space force. And it's going to be about claiming the moon as American. And then I think that happened. And I don't know if the show started that idea. And then Trump was like, Oh, that sounds like a really great idea. Let's do that. Or if Trump was like, let's do this. And then they made a show about it. Like I genuinely don't know which one happened first, but I know that space force is a real thing in American politics now, thanks to Trump. So that's something that's weird that's going on. Uh, And basically Steve Carell is given like, you're going to be tasked with being in charge of space force. And it's like a career ender. Like this is a fucking joke. And the show has John Malkovich. Ben Schwartz is in it in like a very John Ralphio type character. Uh, there's a couple of other actors in it who are funny in their own way. Uh, what's her name? Phoebe from Friends. I forget her name now. Lisa Kudrow. Thank you. She's in it as his wife in the first episode. In the second episode, you find out that in between him getting the promotion or whatever to be in charge of Space Force, them moving to Nevada or wherever they moved to set up Space Force, and the, like, six months since they moved there, she's now in prison for the rest of her life. And through one full season, they never explain to you what happened that she ended up in prison. You don't learn. She just is in prison. That's just a thing that happened. Did she leave the show and they're like, we don't have time to fix No, no, because she's in the show from prison. (laughs) Oh my God, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, Ben Schwartz, I don't know how, like you had a John Raphael type character. How could I be mad about this? John Raphael's the best. But it was a truly hot mess. And I watched the whole thing just to be like, is this gonna get good? And and it didn't, it didn't guys. It really didn't. So I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix announced there's gonna be a season two. Ew. <laughs> uh... It was rough. I feel like the the hype for that show really died. So, oh, they renewed it for a second season. That I don't even know how because there's no way this had the viewership to justify that Netflix. Like Justice for Society season two. Justice, Shanice. Justice. Wild. That was the absolute dregs of the year. It sounds like two of the worst shows from next year are going to be Emily in Paris season two and Space Wars season (laughs) two. It sure does. So that's it. That is our year wrap up. This is our last episode of 2020. Uh, Shout out to quarantine, I guess, for making it possible for us to record and release an episode every single week since the middle of the year. Brought us back. Um, Brought us back together. We we came back in April of this year. What a time. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for like spending some time listening to us this year. I guess that's something. I don't know why you made the choice to listen to that many hours of us talking about nothing or watching it if you watch the christina reads event i'm happy you're still hearing it keep doing it please tell us again what you want us to talk about we love that give us please do give us a full topic if it's like complicated i don't care i'll do the research i will do a deep dive into something don't you worry i should we could do the possibilities are endless we need to do a youtube segment again You heard you heard our amazing pop culture conspiracy hour. The <laughs> kinds of connections we made in that episode. Mind if you blowing. haven't already, go back and listen to it and then tell us what you want. Big brain moves coming from us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for more year. Have a happy holidays. We will see you January 5th, I think. Whatever Tuesday is the first Tuesday of January with our Bridgerton review, which we're very excited for, keeping it to the TV theme. 
So make sure to watch that season and then mm-hmm. so you're ready for us and we can have a nice discussion about it. And again, notes. If, if it's bad, don't talk to me. I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> if it's bad, Steph just won't be in the review episode. Yeah, I'll just be I'll be I'll be here, but silent with the death. With dead eyes. You, may, you could just breathe into the mic. <sighs> Listen, they have enough beautiful people that maybe visually I'll be like, it's fine. I'll just mute it. I don't need to listen to the plot. I'm sure it'll be great. We're gonna, you know what? Optimism for this We're, one. I, we have to end off this the, the year at a high, and I think that will be it. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. 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 All right. That's it. That's a fucking wrap on. Is the end of season five, or are we going to keep season five going into January? No, how do end we, of season how do, five. <laughs> how do we see? Okay, so so season four was twenty yes. uh, something episodes. Uh-huh. Season five is eight. <laughs> yes. What are you trying to season say? Season three didn't exist. <laughs> it was one episode in twenty nineteen. <laughs> <laughs>